Hello and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host Shannon Zhao, and today I have George Long here with me. Hello, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to the pod. So let's get straight into it. Um, so you teach English, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. Well, five why, years now. Five years. Yeah. Why do you choose to teach English? Um, you know, working with students in in that realm allows me to ask questions that. I might not get to ask in a math classroom or in a science classroom sure. um, or on a sports field. Um, and so, you know, we can we can dive deep into the social-emotional side of, of adolescence. Hmm. Um, and I enjoy the process of helping students discover who they are and who they want to be. Um, and I find that the English classroom is the perfect venue for that to happen. So you like to talk with students and discuss with them and get to know them. Yeah, um, I, I definitely, definitely have practiced listening more mm-hmm. um, as I push on in years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the conversations and the relationships that you develop over time, um, you know, they they they're flexible um, and they are certainly elastic. Um, in in, and, in the English classroom, yeah, and and sometimes sometimes things will be tense, sometimes things will be light, um, sometimes you're focused on material, other times you're focused on what's in the heads of the kids, um, and through it all, I view myself and my role in an English class as more of a facilitator, um, someone who creates an atmosphere for something to happen, and then allows that to happen. Mm. Um, I spent my first couple of years here really focused on um, planning classes. I would show up, <laughs> I'd have slides, I'd have every everything laid out um, mm. for exactly what I wanted to accomplish that day. Mm. Um, and more recently, I find myself taking much more of a backseat so that mm-hmm. students can drive the learning process. Um, teachers have this phrase, the, the one who does the work does the learning. Um, mm. And it's something that I've taken to heart. Can you elaborate more on that phrase? Sure. Um, when you, and this is actually something that um, I heard Chelsea Clinton talk about in a podcast recently too, mm. um, is this concept of um, doing and learning by doing. Mm-hmm. And so if if a student is trying to write a paper mm-hmm. and the teacher overreaches and does too much writing of the paper and too much helping and too much suggesting and too much editing it becomes not the student's work. Hmm, um, interesting. In a classroom, if there's a discussion going on, yeah. some type of Harkness discussion, and the students are having a lot of dialogue, and the teacher starts to jump in and over-teaches, speaks too much, takes up too much space, too much class time, air time. Um, and we both know that that, yeah. can, that can happen. Yeah. Um, you know, the students become passive uh, receivers Mm-hmm. of knowledge that mm-hmm. I find important, but whether or not it resonates with them, I don't know. But I do know that if you are putting your own ideas out there and your own creativity on the line and your own opinions and perspectives on the line, um, I know that you are practicing everything from being vulnerable to articulating your ideas to thinking critically and questioning yourself to... Um, developing new lines of inquiry, all -hmm. of those things matter. Um, And so whether or not what comes out of your mouth is as smart 
as what might come out of my mouth in a classroom sp- space. It's not my job to to intercede um, and to overwhelm you with how much I know about the stuff we're reading or talk, talking about. Um, I want to know what you know. I want to know what you care about. Um, because as you go through that process, like you do the active verb and you become the teacher and Mm. teaching teaches, if I'm being quite honest, I didn't know a lot about English or reading or critical writing or paragraph structure, all Mm -hmm. all of those things in the lead up to becoming an English teacher. That mm-hmm. wasn't really my area of expertise. Everything sure. that I did tended to be in, in other realms. Um, but through the process of needing to impart some of those more tangibles, process-driven things um, into my students' learning process, um, I had to really get a good grasp on them, right? So I want to enable my students to take that same track of thinking where they're taking on so many more ideas and so many more processes that are complicated. They have to go out of their way. You ever heard of Purdue Owl? Mm, like the, I it know. helps you with citation. Citation, yes. Right? I, was, like, I, was, yeah. <clears throat> I could write a citation for you in a heartbeat. It doesn't help you, right? I want you to have to go to Purdue Owl and spend an hour clicking through every single link that's there <laughs> until you find the exact right one 20 scrolls down the page. <laughs> that's going to teach you what you need to know and the bubbling of like joy and pride when you produce a piece of writing or you produce an idea that is original uh, meaningful and authentically yours like that's an a in my book right and if i don't give you the space to do that then you can't achieve what i'm asking you to achieve so you would so for you, you would value authenticity and creativity and you would value if students were a, were like talking about their own ideas and expressing them in mm-hmm. your class more than just sort of just doing what was expected. Yeah, I, I sarcastically tell my students that if they come to class and just regurgitate something that we had talked about the day before or something that they had read on Sparknotes <laughs> or some random article that a professor from Notre Dame wrote about beloved in JSTOR. Like (laughs) I I don't, I don't need that. Right. Like that's not, that might be engaging one part of your brain to like do research and find important ideas. And that's, that's something Mm -hmm. right. But in my, right now I'm teaching juniors. Mm -hmm. That's not the purpose of our junior English class. Mm -hmm. Our junior English class is teaching you how to think critically, critically, Mm -hmm. how to to express your ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when students show up with something original, I'm like, like Mm. you go, like, that's what I'm looking for. How do you, how do you accomplish that in your classroom? Like what kind of activities would you put in or what kind of, well, materials would you choose to teach and how would you sort of teach them? Sure. Um, I go pretty in depth into, specific terms mm-hmm. um you know students on campus tend to know my class is the class where you, you get quizzed um <laughs> and you know <laughs> it is what it is right i expect people to go really intensely into literature um quickly at a, at a good pace 
um, but I want them to retain ideas. Um, and so that's sort of like the, the ground level of what we do is I encourage students to treat the reading process and the thinking process as an intense one, one that requires energy, one that asks you to work. It's not, you're not just receiving ideas. You're not just finding one or two things that you might bring up in discussion the next day to get the teacher off your back, mm -hmm. right? No, I want you to become an expert in that subject area, hmm. right? Like you, you've received an assignment. It's 30 pages long. Um, it's three chapters. You should come in tomorrow being able to teach the rest of the class. If I said everybody else is going to be silent today, like you, random student, are going to teach everybody about last night's homework, last night's reading. Like, you better have something interesting to say. Lots of it. Mm -hmm. You need to know what happened, and you need to know more than that. Mm -hmm. So for me, <clears throat> like, the, the way that I get students to the vulnerability is by taking those original ideas and asking them to present them in public spaces. So all the writing that we've done in my class this semester has been public. What, what do you mean? So, so oh, so like by public, I mean so po in, posted. On. Yeah, so in in Canvas, there are okay. there are discussion posts. Sure. And but we don't use Canvas. I, I use a shared Google Doc. Okay. Right. So every homework assignment has a shared Google Doc for all the students in the class, and everyone is responsible for doing some writing in there that is shared with everybody. Hmm. And so when you're writing for an audience, students tend to raise their level of thought a little bit. They, they <laughs> sure. raise their level of intensity because they know that there are stakes, right? They know that someone else, like they're expected to provoke their peers in a meaningful way. Sure. Um, so that's sort of like step two. Read critically, read hard, work at it. Have original ideas, get comfortable being vulnerable and sharing them out loud, sure. right? Part three is... For me, what matters most, and this is part of the reason why I love college counseling so much, is like you are people who are growing and changing drastically every single day. And the question of our Hume 1 curriculum, who am I, does not end at the end of ninth grade, mm. right? It gets asked of everyone multiple times, such as, who do you think you are? Yeah. Do you remember who do you think you are? Like, you mean in the class? I wasn't, I wasn't here for Hume 1. Okay. So that question okay. of who am I or who do you think you are continues with you. It stays with you through every single course that we have. And so for me as, an, as a, a junior English teacher, helping kids develop both as writers and as thinkers, but also as people who are preparing for the next level, like junior, junior year gets takes you to that like okay college is on the horizon like what can you do um helping you as a junior my juniors to discover that intimate side of themselves requires vulnerability and the ability to ask questions and so you put those put all that together all that like english curriculum together and all the students start all of a sudden students start to make observations about themselves and they share those because the culture of our classroom is welcoming to people being imperfect, incomplete, editable, commentable. And everybody welcomes that. Or like that's the goal.
I don't know that everybody feels that way, but that's the goal. For everyone to be openly vulnerable for everyone else in the classroom to to see it and also just to share their ideas. Mm -hmm. Hmm, That sounds like a really interesting way. How did you sort of figure these things out? With your years of teaching or you sort of had this idea before you started teaching? Yeah. um, I mean, these, these... who I am now as a person and as an educator yeah. um, has been informed most by the relationships I've developed mm-hmm. with my own peers and teachers over the course of my life. So I can look back on every single class that I've taken, mm-hmm. even the ones that I really didn't enjoy. Like I did not have a great experience in pre-calculus my junior year of high school. I did not have a great experience in, um, you know, religion this my second year of college Mm -hmm. like these classes didn't really connect with me or resonate with me but i still learned things about Mm -hmm. myself and about my process and what it means to make the most of uncomfortable or seemingly unimportant lessons like what do you mean you learned how to deal with things that you're not interested in or so I'll say it this way. Um, There are tiny moments every single day that add up to big moments. Sure. Now, this year there was a whole lot of tension on campus. Yeah. Right? Um, I knew that that was coming when I got here in August and looked at the roster of my dormitory. I knew it. Because I see the, I see how things add up. I see how things build. Yeah. I see how communities function. I see how the little, the little moments, like stuff like that, (laughs) like the little tiny moments add up to, add up to a lot. And if you can't see that bigger picture, and if you can't understand the implications of a choice to leave study hall a little bit early, or a choice to leave campus when you're not supposed to, or a choice to show up early to class, a choice to develop a relationship with a teacher who doesn't actually teach you, the choice to push yourself during the summer and get out on the turf and run extra hundreds so that you can bump up from third soccer to JV soccer the next year, right? People don't see that stuff, theoretically. Wait, you... you what, what, what do you mean? Like no one sees it, or so? I'm, what I'm saying is that okay. I watch for that. I watch for those things that other people don't notice uh, because of my experiences. Okay. In my classroom, I just had this conversation with a student earlier today. They asked me for a college recommendation, and they were like, "Oh, I just filled out the form in the hub, and I don't think I answered the questions right. Like, I don't think I went. I didn't. I didn't get personal enough. I didn't talk to you about." the things that you weren't going to see or that you didn't know about my experience in the class. And I was like, don't worry about it. Like, maybe other teachers need that type of insight. I work very, very hard to be attentive to the culture of my classroom and the individual people who are there. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way about this campus. Like, I know people here. Whether you think I know you or you don't, like, I know you. Mm. I watched you, Chan, and come into the college counseling office over the last six months. 
Mm. You know, the more the in recent days, you've had conversations with Jim, you've had conversations with Molly about like who you are on campus and who you want to be as a person and the the type of vibe you want to bring to a room. Sure. Right. (laughs) Those are conversations that we as adults have been having about you since September. Really? Right. So like. We notice things. And Mm -hmm. what I've learned, and part of the reason why I do my classes the way that I do, and why I run the dorm the way that I do, Mm -hmm. is because because I notice that stuff. And I know that there's value in seeing and understanding the human beings who are making these choices, these tiny, minuscule choices that add up to a full year of life. So how can I coach you to do that life better? How can I support you as you strive to be the best version of yourself when it comes to college how can i help you to tell your story authentically who you are who you want to be again who am i yeah that that's seems the to... core of this school that's the core of my course even if it's not one of my essential questions it's the core of every conversation that i have with kids here how do you sort of help kids find out who they are like how would you approach that problem Yeah, um, I ask really critical and probing questions. Such Um, as? So, the way... We can do like an experiment uh, right now. You can try to help me find out who I am. The way way that people think about their their, um, articulating themselves and who they are, who they're going to bring to a college campus, who they bring to a classroom here. You leave your dorm room in the morning, like, who are you? So the questions that I would ask you, like, what's your work job? What's your attitude that you bring to work job? Do you know the people's names who work with you at your work job? What types of clothes do you wear to class every day? Hmm, Um, Interesting. What time do you go to bed? What type Hmm. of music do you listen to? And why do you listen to that? Mm -hmm. Right? You know, and each one of those questions has a whole host of, like, layers if I'm asking you, do you know the people who work with you in work job and supervise you? Like, I'm asking you how you view privilege, right? Hmm. Like, you are a wealthy student at NMH. And there are staff members who make minimum wage. Yeah. So, like, do you know them? Do you go out of your way and do you see it as valuable to, do, to develop relationships with them on a human level? Do you know who their kids are? Do you know where they come from? How far they travel every day? Where they grew up? Why they do what they do? You're interviewing me. You're interviewing Mr. Dowdy. You're interviewing Mr. V. What about Carrie in the dining hall? I, I got a uh, Peter. Right? Hall. Like there are, there, are, there are folks on campus who yeah, like... Yeah, I, I who, know. It was, it's super interesting. I yeah. had a guy from plant facilities too. Yeah. So it's those super are, interesting to know their lives too. Yeah. So those are the types of, those are the types of questions that I ask you that mm-hmm. you then turn around and you're like, oh yeah, I, I do get to know them. Mm-hmm. And my follow-up is like, what prompted you? Like what lessons did you learn to know to go and ask Peter to come and interview with you? Mm-hmm. How, did you how did you come to that understanding? Because I guarantee you 85% of this campus is not asking Peter 
to come and talk to them on their podcast, <laughs> right? 99% 99% Like what, what makes you different in that regard? Is it your experiences? Is it because an adult told you to? Is it because you did dining hall work job and you did get to know him, right? I don't know. He's, he, he just gives off the right vibe. Every time he sees everyone, he's so like, always so positive. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like he, that's interesting. Yeah. And then so. everyone loves him, so... Gotta and get him on the pod. That's important. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, so, th- and that's a lesson by itself is yeah. when you always have a smile on your face and you always, you know, go walk around and talk to people. And he, he gave a really good advice during the podcast. He was like, whenever I work in dining hall, whenever I see someone that's just sitting there by themselves, I always walk, walk over there and, and dap them up and, and talk to them. Because he, he, he's talking about his childhood experiences and how he felt that, like, there are kids that were, aren't as social and he feels that they they really need support. And he feels like that this, this the smallest of action, a smile, a fist bump, can really change your day. Yeah. And that, that really hit me. And after that, I, I've sort of always tried to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you become a you become a different community Person. member. Yeah, and m- much more helpful one too. You could, yeah. yeah. I mean, or, you can you could become much more helpful, or you uh, could not. I had this yeah. conversation with one of the boys in the dorm recently. I was like, "You have every um, every every indication to me from their attitude, their words, their behavior says that that person is a student leader." Right? They're almost there. They're right on the cusp of turning that corner of like being someone who's going to lead on campus, who's going to be the face of campus, who at the end of the year, they're going to win awards and everybody's going to look at them and be like, I want to be like that kid. And some of the choices that they're making about where they spend their time and who they spend their time with, right? The lessons that they're taking on are not those same lessons that you're taking on. Sure. And so in that way, there's, there's a... You know, everything has to be deliberate. And that's where where I come in both with the things that I say and the things that I do. You mean everything has to be deliberate as in you can treat everything as a learning process? Or what what do you mean by that? I mean mean being intentional. Like, I don't wear hoodies on campus by accident. (laughs) Right? Mr. Dowdy doesn't wear ties on campus by accident. Huh, that's interesting. That, that's like, that's a, it's a tangible choice that we make on a day-to-day basis about what we're going to present to the world and the type of person we are going to bring to a space. Mm-hmm. Neither one is more right or more wrong, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not here to judge those types of choices. What I'm saying is that they are choices, and that the more individual people can be conscious of those choices and the implications of their choices, the better we can be as a community. Because if, if folks come to campus and they are truly mission-driven and they are like, I want to live with humanity and purpose. I want to engage head, heart, and hand. I want to do that. That is who I want to be. I want to embody that in this world. Right? If you are that mission-driven, you're a pretty darn good citizen because of all the, all the things that come with it. 
And so if people are conscious about all the small choices, you know, being respectful and cleaning up after yourself in the dining hall, showing up five minutes early to your practice, right? Not leaving campus when you're not supposed to. Um, engaging with the duty person when you sign in in the evening. Treating someone, right? Make someone smile. Order them a Dunkin' Donuts and just show up with it one day, right? That type of stuff, uh, it's like those random acts of kindness that get passed along, right? And so if, if everybody's really taking an intentional approach to making the lives of their peers and the lives of the other people in their community healthier and better, then this world can be good. And I, like, truly, genuinely believe that. Hmm. Uh, hmm. That's really interesting and powerful. I've, I've not thought of that before, of how minuscule details can significantly change us. They're real. How did you sort of notice that or understand that? Um, I started being a little more quiet, I think. I think starting I, when? Probably around college. Mm-hmm. I had some peers who, you know, I in high school, you're on campus, you're doing what you do. <laughs> I think I was like, you know, I was busy all the time. Sure. And it was rare that I was in a group of people or in a classroom where I didn't know for a fact that I was one of the brightest people in the room. Right? I always felt like I could command a room. I could command conversation. I could make the point that everyone was going to write down. Like, that was... In high school? In high school. I knew that. I got to college, and all of a sudden, everybody else was just so much smarter. (laughs) Right? And so I had to raise my own game, and I recognized from the very beginning that the best way to raise your own game is to just shut up and listen. Other people are going to teach you. They just are. Students and faculty alike. Staff, community alike. People on campus and off campus alike. Coaches, players, everybody has something to teach you and to contribute to you if you give them space to do so. Exactly. And so like, so for me, as someone who, as I was growing up, always had a voice. I always had the last say. I was always right. That's just how I approached everything. Yeah. I knew, I knew the right things. And so nobody was going to win an argument with me. <laughs> and I recognize that like, that's, that's not, it's not always best to just win. Like sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's good to, to just lose. be quiet. Yeah. And so because, in, in that yeah. silence, in uh-huh. that silence and in that listening, I started to recognize that there were really small details and I started taking a lot of notes. Like I started writing stuff down. It's not like I have a journal or it's not like I actually have saved any of these little like, Pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. I have so many Google Docs that are like eight pages long, and it's just from all of 2021. And I was everything that came up every day, there was a new question or a new idea or a new article or a new song, whatever it was. And I just wrote, I just listed it. Mm-hmm. I've never gone back. I don't look through these notes, but they're there. If I went back, I would have to scroll for days. <laughs> but Knowing that I'm, I see the value in those things enough to put them on the page and to save them in history, right? It's like Twitter, like you get a little archive going. Like I have, I have an archive of my life. And I started to notice that this, that really tiny things started to drive big stuff. 
I would read one article and I would watch one YouTube video and all of a sudden everything I wanted to teach about for the next two weeks was about like that one thing. Hmm. And I know that my students need like a diverse education, but I started to weave in these ideas, these like one-off ideas just to experiment and be like, and they were coming from anywhere and everywhere. Sometimes it was a student who brought up a topic and they didn't really know the weight of it, but they brought up a topic in class and I wrote it down because I was like, that's smart. <laughs> and then I thought about it later and then we had to teach about it. I had to teach about it the next day. Because whether or not they realized it, it was something important. And it wasn't even something that I had realized previously. Mm -hmm. And so that exchange of ideas that like students teaching teachers, teachers teaching students, and us being in community together, like it's, it's been inevitable for me to grow as a teacher. It's been inevitable for me to learn from those tiny little moments and from people who are totally unexpected. Hmm. That is so interesting. So is it fair to say that you love teaching because it, you love learning? Yeah, and, I, I would and say so. You learn a lot from teaching. Well, because you're, when you're in that situation, you, you always sort of actively find out these interesting ideas and make them in, engaging. Mm -hmm. And also you start noticing more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because like a lot of people talk about your teaching style, about about how sort of you, you teach in a very open way mm -hmm. and then a lot of people like it so once once in a while i think i connect with a student i think that there's a there is an authenticity that i bring to the classroom where everything i say i mean and every question i ask i am genuinely interested in the answer mm -hmm. um and I'm not going to be fake. Like there, there are, <laughs> yeah. there have, there have been days when I've come to class and I've been like, Hey everybody, like I am not feeling it today. Like I am not there. The things that I might've wanted to teach you, like it's not going to work today. Mm -hmm. So we need to do a little something else or I, I'm opening it up for you all to sort of share with me what might be productive for your experience today as a learner. Right. Interesting. I don't know, as a first year teacher, I don't think that I would have the confidence or the flexibility or the adaptability to walk into a classroom and be that vulnerable and be that off the cuff. Right. Everything that I was doing in the very beginning was predictable. Mm -hmm. But over the course of time, you know, I think all educators and even students like when you all show up as ninth graders y'all are nervous to be in hume one like it's a little awkward because you're new no, yeah it's a you're new not used environment, to talk but talk. come the end of that semester come sophomore year like you understand this is what english class feels like so i need to be that and you lean in because you're like wow like this actually is learning and this is important and this is how it's done and so you start to you start to lean into that. And as a teacher, I felt the exact same way. Got here, brand new, pen fellow. Who knew who I was? <laughs> Do you know how many parents came up to me when I first came here? And they were like, so new PG? Like, are you a basketball kid? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, 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 I live in the apartment upstairs in C1. I'm going to be advising your child this year. Right? Um, the number of times I had to have that conversation when I first got here you know, I wore a tie to class every day my yeah. first year. So, you know, the 
flexibility and, and my ability to express myself genuinely has come over the course of time. It's not something that showed up right away. And even now, like I have to draw lines and draw boundaries. There are things that I would never do or say with students two years ago that I will say now. And two years from now, I won't be saying it again. As in more um, direct, as in more... I, like, I don't know that I have a precise example. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw out that, like, using using profanity in class, for instance, <laughs> right? Like, Because I, I was talking to Ashish about it. Yeah. He was like, yeah, George doesn't care in class. Yeah, so, like, there, there, are, there are some times when... I mean, I grew up in a household and in a community where it was not okay to say, quote-unquote, bad words. Okay. And over the course of time, I've come to learn that bad, bad, quote-unquote, bad words can actually mean things on purpose. And it can be, you know, it can be powerful, too. It can. And L so last time we were <laughs> in restriction, <laughs> I still remember it. <laughs> we, were, we were just, I was just sharing some thoughts with, with, um, with Daniel and you're just like, hey, shut the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then everyone in the restriction was just shocked. And then after that, I was like, okay, I got I gotta shut up now. Right. It can it can be leveraged. And and I'm yeah. not gonna use use that with like, you the first four times I had to tell you to be quiet and put your mask on. Right? Yeah. But I did it the fifth because yeah. you gotta wake up a little bit. So there there yeah. is an intentionality. Again, intention. There's yeah. an intentionality to the way that I use my words and my language. Sure. And again, when I was first here, there are things that I would not say. Okay. And there are things that now, like that, I feel totally comfortable and confident saying and sure. empowered to say. And I guarantee you that, you know, within the next six to 10 years, I'll probably have a child and I will model something different for that child than <laughs> I model for you. Yeah. Definitely. Right? And, you know, maybe that maybe that does involve using profanity. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> um, and that's, I think that's just one example of... Yeah, of course. ...of the choices that I have to make as a teacher um, and the evolution that I go through uh -huh. as I do this work. Uh-huh. So you are also in the process, too. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we talk about growth mindsets all the time. Have you heard that? Of course. Of course, yeah. Like, who doesn't know growth right? mindset? Like we we hear that we hear that like that phrase. Have a growth mindset, like um, embrace a growth mindset. It does sound cliche, mindset. but then it's just it's so simple. But yet it's yet most people don't have it. Yeah, and it. I mean, it fits. It fits yeah. everything we do. Yeah, we are incomplete beings. We are yeah. not as smart as we can be. We're not as aware as we can be. We're not as athletic as we can be. Like. There, there is room to improve. Yeah. If you do that, like, that's that's living life. And that's sort of coming back to your point of of you learning how to just shut up and, and learn. Because when you always win and when you always sort of like, that that was me two years ago or a year ago. I, I relate to that so much. I always love just debating, debating, and just talking, talking, talking. <laughs> and... But then I just realized, like, okay, yeah, I can keep winning, but I'm not, I'm not learning anything, mm -hmm. you know. I, I'm, oh, I, I, I was in the same place. I was, you know, if if two years ago, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, so I realized the importance of, of, 
learning and listening and that's like a big reason i'm doing this podcast is i'm i'm no longer the guy that's talking all the time but then i'm i'm like the one that's listening all the time Mm -hmm. and it's super interesting every episode that i do there's something that just hits me Mm -hmm. like i mean today you hit me like so many different times (laughs) and there's probably more i mean speaking of well teaching classes do you have any memorable students here oh many 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 students um yeah there have been there have been so many and i feel i'm (laughs) apprehensive about like naming (laughs) one or two because then i like that i miss out on others yeah um but there are people any right now or yeah i mean there there are students who are in my class right now who like i learn a lot from maybe not intellectually all the time but um i mean we don't need to interacting with students like somebody, somebody like joey for instance sure like Joey brings such a um, such a joy to class. Like he brings he brings like a bubbly attitude and a banter that I haven't experienced with any other kid. I really like having him in class. Like I also know that he plays video games for the first three minutes of class every day because like that's <laughs> what he loves to do. And I'm like, you know what? I love that you love that. And like now it's time for English. Um, <laughs> but figuring out how to develop a relationship with him throughout this year. It's been open, honest, collaborative. Um, like that's been so fulfilling yeah. for me. I hope it's been fulfilling for him to some degree. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's definitely been something worth thinking and writing even about for me. Writing? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like you, you write in your journals or? Yeah, I mean, uh, so when I was when I was in the pen program when i was doing doing a master's degree it was we did a lot of reflection on individual students on classes on what pedagogy worked what stuff didn't work our teaching practice our coaching practice what we envision ourselves of as like in terms of our our educational philosophies all of that writing is has been sort of put on a back burner but it's stuff that to this day, I still do. So when I tell you earlier, like I just have these documents that I just like write hmm. all my ideas. Like the number of times when I make an observation about a specific student in a conversation about college counseling and their their goals, their lists, their hopes, like I'll make a note of it mm-hmm. because I want to get to know them really well. And then I want to apply that idea to the next conversation that I have. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And so, like, uh, yeah, writing is important. Writing is important. We don't, we don't assign, in the English department, we don't assign writing just because. Yeah. Like, it matters being able to gather your ideas, put them on paper in a quick, clean way, and have them mean something. That's so interesting. Huh. That, that, that changed my view on english classes because <laughs> yeah you usually i just feel like oh okay i'm just writing just to get it done mm-hmm. i didn't i i didn't think of think of it from the other way as to i'm not just writing for the sake of filling this two three sentences and ha- submit it and then you know just get like points mm-hmm. it's it's practicing my my ability to notice details yeah huh that's interesting. I'll try to incorporate that in my life or in, in future classes. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. 
This is like a humbling experience. What for is? Me. No, for me. What? Like, to have like, this conversation? Like to have this conversation because it's just making me realize, oh, wow, I, I was slacking my <laughs> literature class. Uh, well, it's, everybody comes to comes to such realizations at their own pace. Yeah. And I've noticed this a lot, particularly when it comes to family. Like there have been moments when my siblings need me mm-hmm. and they get in touch with me and they want to talk all the time. And then there are other moments where I don't hear from them for well over a month. Mm-hmm. Right? Some And it goes in flux. And in that way, I've sort of come experiencing that. I've come to recognize that there are moments that matter, but you never know when they're going to show up. And so you just have to sort of like take them as they come, be ready for it. And as I was saying before, when it comes to my class, like I just let stuff happen. Mm -hmm. We're not in control in this world. Like the stock market is going to go up. It's going to go down. Mm Mm-hmm. People halfway around the world are going to commit violent acts. People Mm -hmm. halfway around the world are going to have babies and, like, have beautiful moments. Like, the world is going to burn in (laughs) some areas, and in other areas it's going to be very chilly. Mm. I'm not in control of things. You are going to make choices that you want to make on a day-to-day basis, and I live in community with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... So, like, for, 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 um, for me, it matters to just stay ready in that way um, and to be reactive. So, I like, I'm, I'm glad that you are feeling moved by our conversation. And, like, stuff that we talk about now may not really matter that much for you until 2028, and then you'll come back for a reunion and you'll hit me up and you'll be like, oh my gosh, like George is here too. <laughs> and like, remember that moment when? That podcast yeah. that inspired me. Yeah, that's, that's why podcasting is, I don't know, I just, I just love doing it. It's, mm-hmm. it's YouTube and everything, you can hear these concepts, like, I, like the things you say, like, notice small details, like, People can say it in, in two seconds, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just words. Mm-hmm. But for it to really have meaning, it's it's to sort of have a conversation and you sort of put in in perspective and you explain and you sort of dive deeper, deeper, deeper. You know, just with this small small thing, like you say, like when you see small details, you, you dive deeper, 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 and mm-hmm. and then you would reach a point where you click and then you boom you go from you go to the first statement yeah that's why like proverbs and quotes and everything are just always so powerful you completely blew my mind today (laughs) (laughs) you're funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah no Hmm. i'm thinking of this last question i'm trying to make it good why should people work harder in english classes that's the question i i think that you know, I go back to my experience. I did not work hard in English class until my junior year of high school. Okay. I played video games in every single class. Sure. Up until then. I'm, I'm not kidding. Okay. Like, I, I literally <laughs> played Robot Unicorn Attack and um, some army game. 
<laughs> Cla- uh, Clash of Clans. No, no that was wasn't back um, there. The Legends, no. Something Civilization. Of, something of the Romans or so, something. I, I can't remember. Civ uh, City, Rome. I don't civilization? know. Civilization? It was something, no, right? It was something, right? okay. That's what I spent class time doing. Yeah. When I was in English class. Okay. Until my junior year of high school. Don't tell my teachers. <laughs> um, they could be listening and then to this. I <laughs> then I realized that, you know, thinking matters and I don't want to be stupid. Like, I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to hurt other people because I don't understand where they're coming from. Like, I, mm-hmm. I want, in order to be an ally in this world, in order mm-hmm. to be conscious, in order to be kind and empathetic and a member of a community in a healthy way, like, you have to be able to think critically, to be prepared for unexpected situations, unexpected interactions, you need to value other people's humanity and to take care of them intentionally. And all of that is what reading and thinking is in English. Yeah, I learned the unit circle really hard. Yeah, I thought about, what is it called? Taylor, Taylor something? Ta- oh, oh, yeah, it's in calculus. Right? Yeah, like the Taylor integrals, series, Taylor series, like, like that. That stuff, sure, I worked really hard at it. I get it. I've studied it. Fun. Um, But when it comes to English, the everything is so unexpected. You don't know who's going to say what on any given day. You don't know which student is going to get triggered and cry. You don't know which student is going to get enthused and like reflect on their own experience. You don't know which student is going to have that critical question that like really mattered that day that inspires your conversation and learning for the rest of the semester. It's so unpredictable. And in that unpredictability, you have to be smart and capable and stable and able to... (laughs) Wow, that rhyme. (laughs) To, like, hold your own. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want to be the bad kid in class. I don't want to be the ignorant one who doesn't know how to handle his business who doesn't know how to provoke others in a healthy way, who doesn't know how to contribute really strong ideas and to feel inspiring. That's boring. God, it's so boring. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I want you to work hard at English. It's something that you've never tried at before, and I want you to try. All you've tried to do is, like, impress your teacher and do exactly what we want. Sure. And I'm like, I'm not interested in that. I'm not impressed by it. I want you to learn how to learn for the sake of learning. And that's hard. Yeah. It takes time. It takes drain. It's draining. But if you don't do it, like all I see is lazy. All I see is spark notes. All I see is corners cut. All I see is you're not ready. We're not growing with that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of so interesting how we went like in a loop we went at the start you sort of mentioned this and then now we sort of came back to it again mm-hmm. but this time it means something different mm-hmm. it's super interesting but um yeah we have to wrap it up unfortunately um but thank you i, I appreciate that, you yeah me, i mean i was just gonna say like thank you so much for coming <laughs> it it's so inspiring <laughs> i mean so inspiring I'm and glad, I was, i'm glad that you're doing yeah. i'm glad you're doing this yeah thank you and i'll just ask you this one last question mm-hmm. that 
everyone has the same answer. Did you have a good time here today? I did. You did? Pos- very positive. Very positive. Yeah, I would yeah. come back. You would? Yeah. Oh, oh definitely. I, I mean, maybe not this year because <laughs> there's like three days left for school, but um, definitely in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today. And for listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope you actually learned from this. You definitely did if you listened to the entire thing. But um, I will see you in the next episode. Bye.